you'd be surprised how many demos we see at replays where the sales rep, I could look at it. And if you didn't tell me anything about it, I'd say, wait, that actually sounds more like an onboarding from a customer success mm. agent than yeah. a sales rep. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're going through, Hey, here's the click down. Here's the, see here, sorry, here's the, um, here's where you scroll through and, and here's the drop down. Here's where you click. And it's like, Hey, if you have the power user on the demo, great. There's a time and place for that. But, um, probably, probably not every time. And when you've got a senior person on there, they want to know about value. They want to know about impact. They don't want to know about the little radio button on the bottom, mm -hmm. right on the third screen. Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today's guest, I'm super happy to have him here. So it's Dave Kenneth, CEO of Replace. Um, just before you introduce yourself, uh, Dave, I just wanted to, to say how I heard about you. So I listened to a podcast, like an episode of your podcast with uh, John Barrows. Uh, and then I was like, okay, this guy is so, has really a lot of interesting things to say. And then I saw your demolition on, uh, you know, on LinkedIn with uh, Scott Barker for Sales Hacker. And I was like, okay, I definitely need to invite this guy. Invite this guy. So yeah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So you're actually based in Vancouver. I'm in Berlin, so we have we're like kind of really far apart. Um, but for today, um, I think we'll be talking a lot about demos and how to run demos uh, because you have quite some expertise there. But before we dive in there, can you maybe present yourself, your background, and where you're coming from? Yeah, for sure. So I've been in sales my my whole career, and uh, over the years, um, more progressively senior roles in sales organizations. So. Uh, Started off actually in the startup world back in 1999 and just loved it. Uh, I was there for kind of three and a half years, a really cool company called Worldbid. And um, actually, you know, it's kind of a funny little fact. So, you know, we, we both know a lot of startups don't make it, right? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, Worldbid was one of those, but just fantastic experience and had real potential. At one point in time, Alibaba was our main competitor and we were actually the main competitor to alibaba for okay. a period of time they um made it we didn't but uh, they <laughs> my hats <laughs> off to them but it was certainly fun being in a two-horse race for a little while there um and um you know it's it's neat looking back to looking at okay how did they end up being successful and why why didn't we end up being successful so uh everything's a learning right whether yeah. you're succeeding or failing. And then, um, you know, someone said, Hey Dave, go into big business early and learn on their dime for a while. So <laughs> I, um, ended up with a company called uh, WW Granger. Uh, their Canadian division was Acklands Granger and about a $6 billion company at the time. They're a lot larger now. 
And, you know, that's where I actually got my introduction to true formal sales process and sales training and cut my teeth as a sales leader back in probably 2005, 2006, somewhere around there. And um, never looked back, you know, ended up uh, after five years there moving to Auto Trader as director of sales and super exciting yet challenging role there. And uh, we were going through the print to digital uh, transformation, which was just it was, it could have been a company killing thing if we didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just a fantastic learning and experience. Then after that, you know, I was there for about three and a half years and uh, jumped back into the startup world, which is really what I, I wanted to do. And the last um, almost decade is I've been working for various startups, coming in as head of sales and, and helping, helping build organizations. And, um, you know, uh, and, and we've had some great wins and we've also had some ones that didn't work out. Um, but certainly, had a you know the privilege of working with uh, alongside uh, and with um, a bunch of great sales reps and and leaders and, and folks in other functional areas within the organization. So uh, that kind of brings us to today. You know, I I wished that there was a way to um, help coach. I wish there's a way for my sales teams to get better coaching, and um, that's how I kind of founded Replays. I'm like, hey, there's got to be a better way here. Okay. Okay. I see. So you said something that, that I was, I was about to ask. So in 1999, was the world startup already existing or because you, you said you started at this time in a startup. So it, it was, you know, I was, yeah. I was eight years old at the time. Oh, okay. Right <laughs> on. I, you know, to be honest, I don't remember if the word startup uh, was a thing back then. I, I think the thing was com, right? So yeah. we were in the com boom and bust. I joined right at the peak of the boom, uh, just before the, <laughs> the steep, steep down, down slide, side slope of the bust. And uh, I think we called ourselves dot coms those days. And, and um, you know, if we, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think startup was more, I mean, maybe it was a thing. It just, for us, we called it our, we were a dot com. So yeah. maybe if we weren't a web focused startup, but a tech non-web yeah. focused startup, we would have called ourselves startup. I'm not <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so now you started Replace. So you've been, you know, we've heard quite a lot about your company lately on LinkedIn and in the, you know, in, in the, the kind of uh, sales community that revolves around sales hacker and John Barrows and all these people. So can you tell me a bit more about Replace, what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. One of the pains out there that I believe is pretty prevalent um, is, and research backs it up, that most sales reps are thirsty to learn, right? They want to learn sales process. And as a sales leader, our commitment to our people is to help them learn, to train them, to coach them. So it's, you know, sales is very unique in that way, in the sense that there's meant to be a lot of learning and development that as sales leaders, we owe to our reps and Mm -hmm. our reps deserve um, during their tenure as an SDR or AE or what have you. And unfortunately, as sales leaders, the evidence suggests that we're not getting around to doing that as much as we would like. And, um, and I'm not hacking on sales leaders here. I was one of them, you know, it's um, one of those things where I always tried to build a coaching culture and I probably wouldn't have always gotten an A or an A plus for it. In fact, I know I wouldn't have. And um, there's just so much on the plates of sales leaders these days. So if you look at studies, um, it's less than a couple hours of coaching per month per rep is what actually ends up happening in many sales organizations. 
a lot of sales organizations, it's actually um, like maybe one coach call every two or three months. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with that is if you are leading a sales organization and you want to be better than competitor A, B, and C, well, you, you need to assume that competitor A, B, and C is, is coaching their team and learning and helping them uh, be better faster because um, some of them are right. Not all of them, but yeah. some of them are. So the, the, uh, if you're not helping your team do that, then you, you can safely assume you're falling behind. And, and so, um, or if you look at it a different way, if you want to get ahead, just do some call coaching, you know? And yeah. so uh, one of the, the challenges there too, of course, there's a lot of new sales leaders, just like I was a new sales leader, you know, at one point. And when I was coaching, was I coaching to the right stuff? I don't know. I was coaching to my background. Does that mean it's right? I don't know. Uh, and so what we've done with replays is, you know, you, you fast forward to today and especially in software, you've got so many, so many aspects of the sales motion happening via video call or screen share uh, before someone actually hops on a plane uh, to, to meet someone face to face. And given that there's so many, the ability now to record, whether you're using Zoom or WebEx or go to meeting or what have you, you, you we, I thought, wait a sec, there's, there's, a, there's an answer here. There's a solution to this problem, this, this almost an epidemic, this lack of coaching mm -hmm. to sound dramatic. Um, and what it is, is, is replays. And so um, we have professional coaches um, who, man, I actually hate that term professional coaches. Cause um, you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of, co of, of sales training that my teams had in the past with these, some of these large organizations where it was like an awesome person from let's say marketing mm -hmm. who was coming in to coach our team. They're smart. They're really good at presenting, but they've actually never sold. Mm -hmm. And so you might consider them professional coaches. But um, when I say professional coach, I mean, you, you know, when we have, a sales rep coach, they'll go to the LinkedIn profile of their replays coach and they'll be like, oh, that person was a kick-ass sales rep. I can't wait to learn from that person. Yeah. And we pair them up on whether it's a transactional sale, they'll have someone who's done more transactional selling in the last five years and mm -hmm. has also become a sales leader. Or if it's enterprise six, seven figure uh, deals, then we have a more enterprise uh, fit coach typically from a large recognizable brand. And the, the, yeah, the reps just send us their recordings and our, our coaches review it and send them feedback back. And then we do muscle memory role plays over Zoom. It's very low touch. Okay. Gone are the days where we have to take them off to a boardroom from Monday to Friday, eight to five yeah. and train them. It's just uh, outside their selling hours. Uh, they consume, it's kind of like a, a coach on the top right of the screen, kind of like yeah. the YouTubers. And they'll pause the uh, recordings and, and give them feedback. Uh, so that's, that's how replays works. And that, that's okay. how we came up with it. Okay. I think that's, that's really, because there's, there's something in, in, in general training and coaching. So these are two different things, but often you go, there's like big training, big investment is one or two days, and then there's nothing, nothing to reinforce. And so being able to, to have this kind of practice and, 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 and drilling, I'd say is, is super important for, for skills to make sure they, they come. So, and so I think it's uh it's a super good idea and uh, I can, I can understand why you're having some success. Thank you. Yeah. Good. So, um, so what, one thing, so I'm a huge fan of discovery calls. So for me, I, I've, I've been trained, uh, I've, I've done like Sandler training and it's a big focus on discovery calls and you know, I'm like discovery calls. I know how to run them, but demos I'm like really bad and I kind of hate doing demos. So I'd be super interested to know, uh, about, you know, like how you do demos and then what's a good demo for you. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, it took us a while to get to the point that we can answer that question very confidently and crisply. And the reason is we have literally watched thousands of hours of demos and we have studied what resonates with prospects and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we boiled it down to this uh, 100 point replays methodology. And, you know, the thing is, it's like, where's the, there's lots of awesome sales process out there, whether it's Challenger or Sandler or what have you, but uh, where's the modern day handbook for running a discovery and a demo? Um, yeah, so far, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I didn't know either. And that's what we've created here. And, uh, you know, of course, it's not one size fits all. So for the folks that are listening, you know, the, the, I want to really mention the footnote here that if you're um, in a transactional sales motion and your customer profile is emerging markets under 200 employees kind of thing and you're doing a uh, ACV is maybe one thousand to five thousand uh, dollars then the answer to your question is different mm -hmm. than if it's uh, if you're with a an enterprise fit organization selling into f100 organizations and you're talking about six or seven figure deals so uh, but there are some universal I would say uh, really helpful techniques and tips and those I'm happy to share with you. Do you want me to run through a couple? Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, great. Well, I think the first part is, is, you know, where a lot of reps fall down and this is enterprise and transactional is they're just not doing enough of what you just talked about discovery. So you're like, Hey, you know, uh, I understand the discovery part and uh, I focused on that, but it's funny. A lot of people haven't. Right. A lot of people, like the, the number one thing we see that people can improve is going into the demo. They don't know enough about the organization because they haven't done enough discovery. So they can't yeah. actually give a tailored demo. Right. So when you look at our time, like I, I think our biggest uh, and most important asset in life is time. Right. Mm -hmm. It's uh, something we can never get back. And so not only do we want to guard our own time, but we want to be respectful of our prospects time. And I think an important way to do that is enough discovery, doing enough discovery so that when you get to the demo part, you're actually tailoring, tailoring it to that specific person. One thing I will say to sales reps is if your demo, if I could watch 10 year demos and they all look the same, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. Because your demo should look different every single time, depending on the level of user you're talking to, the profile of their organization and what you learned in the discovery. Because yeah. once you find out what their pain points are, what you find out, once you find out um, what competitors they're looking at and what solution they've got in place today and what's important to them, then that really informs you on where to double click on the demo. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that'll be number one, do, do the discovery, tailor the demo to the role of the person or people uh, on the call and make sure that you're really double clicking on the areas that are important to them. I got a few other things, but any questions on that before I go to the next one? So maybe not so much of a question, but maybe an observation. So for me, I believe people jump into demos without doing discovery because of one thing, which is the thing you see on websites, request a demo or schedule a demo. And I think then people have this kind of impression that they have to go and show the product and, and often like that's what prospects want, but you need to have this kind of discovery questions. And, and often for junior reps, it's super hard to, can, they just want to, you know, someone say, okay, show me what you, what you got. And they don't really know how to push back. So I think that's, a, that's an observation I made on the, uh, the kind of terminology we have on website that leads people to do demos like that are just all the same. I love it. It's such a good point. And it is, 
uh, I think a misnomer, right? It's, 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 it's okay to jump on there and say, it's all about stating the value to the prospect. Be like, you signed up for a demo, we're gonna do that. But to make the most of your time, it's really important that we ask a few questions first because I don't want to give you the out of the box demo. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to cater this to your needs. I, I don't know very many prospects out there that are going to say, no, no, please waste my time. Just give me the generic <laughs> version. I want to hit play, go. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I call it the, um, like, you know how you've got those wind up dolls, like, you know, Woody from Toy Story or whatever. And yeah, you yeah. wind it up and it's got the word, like, just don't be that person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good image yeah yeah okay. yeah totally and um and you'd be surprised how many people well i mean you're in the same business right you, you, you see it all the time too i'm sure how many people actually still do that um so make it personalized make it individualized make it catered to their needs i think the other thing that we see is um you know here for the folks listening i want you to ask yourself a question i want you to ask when i'm going through my demo do I want to make it shorter? And I think most people are going to go, yeah, yeah. And they're going to say, but Dave, I, I don't know how to make it shorter. Like, trust me, we can't. Well, here's what I would say is that not, one way to do it, first of all, is to do the discovery we talked about and make sure you're just covering the areas they want and, and then less time on the areas that they're not as interested in. But the other way is to think of it as, I'll be, you'd be surprised how many demos we see at replays where the sales rep, I could look at it. And if you didn't tell me anything about it, I'd say, wait, that actually sounds more like an onboarding from a customer success mm. agent than yeah. a sales rep. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're going through, Hey, here's the click down. Here's the, you see here, sorry, here's the, um, here's where you scroll through and, and here's the drop down. Here's where you click. And it's like, Hey, if you have the power user on the demo, great. There's a time and place for that. But, um, probably, probably not every time. And when you've got a senior person on there, they want to know about value. They want to know about impact. They don't want to know about the little radio button on the bottom mm -hmm. right on the third screen. So yeah. that's another thing that I would recommend. Have you come across the same thing? So um, I'd say, you know, so often what you see is like, yeah, you have a lot of people that will, they know really well the environment, so they kind of rely on that. And then they're going to explain what they do here and they're going to say, okay, here's where you enter data. Here's where you see your report. And then it's all the same, you know, it's like when you go to a demo, you kind of know they will show you like this first dashboard, this second report and this kind of thing. So often they, they kind of go and it's very scripted. And as you said, it looks more like an onboarding thing that you, and by the way, you could just record that and send that to people once they onboarded. So for me, I've, I've always been very uncomfortable doing demos because often, you know, I, st I start asking questions and then the people are like, I know, but keep going, you know, keep just like showing me more. So how do you deal with this kind of, uh, of situation in general? You know, I think step one is it's like knowing you have a problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like knowing that it's an issue in the first place, I think yeah. is... Because uh, once people realize that, I think they can see it pretty quickly. We all have blind spots, right? And and when someone points that out, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. That's a good point. Yeah. And actually just being intentional about it. But I think the second part is, so if you're a listener and you're like, okay, maybe I am doing that, but yeah, how do I drive more value? I mean, to your question, I think it's about um, really clearly understanding your differentiators. Mm -hmm relative to your competitors. So for the folks listening, if you want to do a quick exercise, I would say, 
write down your organization's top three competitive advantages, uh, your, your top three differentiators relative to your main competitors. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what I find is that if you, you know, when I do a sales kickoff in an organization and, or I'm speaking in a conference and we get like hundreds of people in the room, I'm like, okay, write down these three differentiators of your organization and you get tables of reps that are all from the same company, they'll compare notes and most of them have different points down there. <laughs> okay. So that's a problem, right? And, and why is that a problem? It's because it's super important that you are, uh, as a sales professional, crystal clear on the differentiators, not 10 of them, the two or three main differentiators of your solution relative to the competitor, the two or three most important ones. And if there's um, a number of reps in the same organization highlighting different things, um, there's probably a lack of cohesive messaging from what the organization is hoping to message. And that might not be the rep's fault. Maybe the organization yeah. hasn't put the right messaging in place. So, you know what, let's not blame the organization. Let's take this upon ourselves. For the folks listening, be like, let's, let's discover our, you know, and sync on our top three differentiators. Yeah. And for the, the, the reps that are, on the, are, are listening right now, let's keep going down the path of this exercise. You've written down your three differentiators. Now I want you to think of three customer stories that align with those differentiators. So think through an existing customer that really highlights that differentiator for you. And it could be a case study you have, a case study written or video or what have you. Um, but what we also find is when I do this exercise in a workshop or a kickoff or something, most reps aren't able to think of a story for each of those differentiators. And okay. uh, usually they'll say, you know, Dave, uh, marketing or customer success just hasn't sent us the case studies, right? But my challenge back to them is don't wait for them to do that. Like, let's not blame our lack of success on someone else. Like, ask permission and go call a few customers. Ask them how they use the product. Ask, find out who your power users are. Find out from customer success who uses this the most. Get permission to call them and call them. Just have a yeah. five-minute conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm going to keep going down the path of this exercise before I do any, any thoughts on that or questions. Um, no, I think that's, that's pretty clear. I'm, I'm actually really interested to see the rest of what, uh, of the exercise. Okay. <laughs> okay, great, great. Awesome. So the next phase is, all right, you've got your customer stories, but how do you tell them in an effective way that's going to resonate with the prospect? And as I mentioned before, we came up with the replays methodology through watching thousands of hours of, of, discovery calls, demo calls, closing calls, proposal calls, so that you don't have to. <laughs> so yeah. I'll share a couple tips for your listeners on, on that right now. And that is you've got your differentiators, you line it up to a customer story. Then it's like, well, how do you tell the customer story in an effective way? And we see three main things being missed here. Either a sales rep won't tell any customer stories. Mm -hmm. And we just think that's, you know, we're humans selling to humans. And what resonates with us is stories. So important to build, um, the, the story around the use case, because people want to know that they're in good company when they're about to jump on. So if mm -hmm. you can share stories of good brands or even just any brand that uses, uses your organization and how you use them. And then the second thing we see is they'll say, oh, we have a case study on that. We'll send it to you later. Yeah. Say, Wait, no, 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 no. You're the sales rep. You know, we, you've been hired because you're a good communicator and we want you to communicate that because it's far more powerful than if you send them a piece of paper that communicates yeah. it. And what are the odds the prospect's actually going to read through that five page case study, right? Yeah. 
And then the third thing is a rep will actually go through the case study sometimes, but when they do, they might take, you know, five minutes. And back to our whole goal of we're all trying to streamline the amount of time we take to go through a demo. So here's our, 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 our recommended technique there is don't make it more than one minute. Just literally uh, say in terms of, you know, this differentiator, uh, here's where you'll find and our customers tell us that we excel uh, relative to uh, the solution you've got in place now. But let me tell you why. And then we, we call it the what, the so what, and the customer story. So the okay. what would be, like, if we were to use replays, for example, uh, what we do remote uh, call coaching. Okay, mm -hmm. well, so what? Like, what does that mean? Well, uh, that means that we're able to ensure that your reps are getting consistent coaching in a regular cadence, which drives accountability and grows sales. Okay, that's an interesting so what. And let me share a story of, you know, your situation reminds me of a company that started with us about three or four months ago. They're about a company mm -hmm. of your size. And they also didn't have time to coach their reps because they're going through a major hiring uh, ramp up and hyper growth. And so they installed replays. We were able to uh, effectively uh, give each rep one call coaching every two weeks for a nine week period. And after that, their close rate improved by 10%. And they felt more confident in terms of delivering a message they knew was going to resonate with prospects. What are your thoughts on that? Boom. There's your, I don't know. That was probably a bit more than a minute. I need to find two. That nice was close. Things. That was close, but that was great. You know, so it's what, so what customer stories, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And I, on my LinkedIn profile, there's videos we upload and uh, you can find a three minute video there walking you through yeah. that actually. Okay, love it because I think that's a, that's a very like you know just taking all the data you get from uh, marketing or anything and just like narrowing it to something very easy to tell and and, and you know people can relate to other people and, and other cus uh, customers is I think really interesting. So that's a super good framework. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, in terms of um, so this something I noticed with demos, maybe it's big, you know, it's related to the stage of companies I've been working with. But whenever you go and demo a product, it always fails when you do the demo. So uh, maybe it comes with preparation, but is it something that you, you've seen in the thousands of videos you watched or, uh, and that's, if that's the case, how do you kind of like uh, keep selling if your, your demo is not working? Yeah, we've sure seen it a ton of times. It's happened to me a ton of times. I'm sure it's happened to you. <laughs> uh, so that's the sales game, right? Always be prepared with a backup plan. Always So the, the, the two meta points to me there are, Always control your environment as much as you can. That's number one. Number two, um, always have a backup plan. So in terms of controlling your environment, that means at least make sure you have good internet no matter what. Make mm -hmm. sure you don't have a bunch of noise in the background. Make sure that you've closed all your notifications off uh, for your, like turned off your notification settings yeah. on your screen. Make sure you've got no other browser windows open. Make sure that you've sent the link for the meeting in advance like these are things we can do to control the environment and then if something takes a left turn let's say they don't have great internet well you need to have a plan b you know and i think it's um walking them through what you can over the phone hey let's jump on a phone call i'm gonna walk you through it just like the way they sold for the last hundred years before yeah. we had screen shares <laughs> and and then you book the demo for another time you know yeah. um but at least you use the opportunity to still capture their attention because we all know that time kills deals yeah. And so let's use that time that we've scheduled in an effective way, but maybe we abbreviate it. Maybe an hour long demo then is a 20 minute call. 
yeah. where we keep the appetite wet and then we try and schedule something for either later in the day or, or, or the next day. The other is when technology actually fails you, not internet necessarily, but let's say the, um, the actual uh, screen share technology you're using. And I would always recommend having a backup. And um, I, I, always, I always did. Um, it, it's funny, to be completely honest, I don't have a backup right now. I just use Zoom and it always works. But a few years ago, I would have two or three ready to go because frequently one would crap out on me. Yeah. And so um, have a backup ready to go there and, um, and, and like literally have a link ready to send, right? Like yeah. your backup link ready to go. Um, and that should save some challenges there. Yeah. Are there any sort of um, other... So those are, you know, if you have an internet problem, that's if you've got, we talked about some of the controllable things like turning your notifications off. That's if you've got a technology problem. Is there any other uh, sort of nightmare scenarios that you wanted to walk through that I could respond to or no? So often, you know, it's just the, the, the product you're demoing doesn't work because you're, you're in an early stage startup and they say, oh, show this thing. And then it just simply doesn't work. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, we do see that. Sorry, of course. Well, that's the third use case here we're talking about. <laughs> So number one, um, I think you want to have a level of predictability before you ever put something in front of a prospect. So yeah. if you're, I think you want to know that it's going to work 95 times out of a hundred or else yeah. I literally wouldn't demo it because it's going to have the exact opposite impact that you want it to have. Right. It's yeah. like if you're going to test drive a car. We're going to use an analogy of car sales. And you know, there's a, if there's a 5% chance that that, Engine's not going to work. Would you offer a test drive? No. <laughs> no, of yeah. course not. Of course not. And I think it's the same here. So that's number one. Number two, let's say you do have that massive level of confidence that, you know, uh, 90 time, 99 times out of 100 is going to work out for you. I think, um, and, and that 1%, it, it doesn't. That does happen. And I think that's where you want to acknowledge it, but not make a big deal of it. So remember that when you're delivering a presentation, they've never seen it before. This is why reps find it so challenging to do role plays in front of each other, right? One of the, it's far tougher for reps in general to do role plays with each other than it is to actually sell to a prospect. Well, why is that? It's because your, your other sales reps know exactly what you're supposed to say and how you're supposed to say it. And they'll notice yeah. if you miss yeah. something. If you're doing a presentation and something doesn't work, don't always assume that the prospects actually caught on. If you're quick, yeah you might not even have to acknowledge it, move to the next thing, have the backup yeah. ready to go. You're like, all right, now I'm going to move over to the, the PowerPoint. And, and, but if it's crystal clear that things aren't working, acknowledge it and be like, oh, yeah. tech, you know how, how yeah. that happens. Like even Amazon goes down X percent of the, like whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, now we're going to get letters from Amazon, aren't we? Like, <laughs> you know, oh, awesome. That's exactly what we want. Um, and, and, and acknowledge it, uh, make light of it. Uh, recognize we're all in the same boat. You know, one thing I always tell reps is, you know, when you go and watch a comedian and yep. unfortunately the odd time a comedian will bomb, they'll just do terrible. And mm -hmm. we, we've all seen that person. And it, when you're in the audience, you don't want that to happen. Like, you know, you get on, everyone gets uncomfortable. Like, no, like we want you to be funny. We want yeah. the, the, the person you're pitching to feels the same way as that audience does. They want exactly. you to be successful. They feel uncomfortable too. So find a, a good talk track to swerve out of it yeah. and move to your next thing um, yeah. is honestly the best way I would 
uh, recommend you deal with it. And if all else fails, if the thing literally isn't working, period, I would just be like, you know, I have to tell you what an outlier this is. I'd like to reschedule with you. But in the meantime, um, hey, there was life before demos. So mm -hmm. let's continue the call and walk yeah. through what we can. I, I, would, I would say something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think owning the fact that it doesn't work can, can be something that is very beneficial because often, you know, it's also about building relationships. So people buy for, for relationship also. And to that, actually, once it was last year, I had to do like a four-hour workshop in front of a, a crowd. And I was, you know, coming with my motorbike and it started raining like crazy. So my pants were like super wet and I looked like ridiculous. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to really you know, they're going to be like, what happened to this guy? So I started to say, hey guys, look at my pants. It's wet. It's water. I came with a motorbike. Please ignore it. And everyone laughed and, and it was a really good kind of icebreaker. So I think nice. like owning these kind of mistakes is always makes people feel really good about it. And then they kind of, they even forget it. So I think it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, totally agree. I love that story. That's awesome. <laughs> it was it was fun. <laughs> good so i think we're approaching the end of the of the time we have um so now is the time for you to kind of uh, pitch or you know sell us anything you want to sell so and, and talk about that so what do you want to talk about well you know what i think people have heard enough about replays in this in this discussion if we can ever help them uh, i'd love to instead let's let's drive some more value to your listeners I, i'll i'll give one last tip here with our time how about you know, one of the things I see uh, reps really not doing a great job of is A, they'll talk too long during their demos without checking in. So never, never go more than a couple of minutes without checking in. Um, and then the second thing we see is when they're checking in, uh, they're not meaningful check-ins. They'll say something like, any questions? Like, like 80%, 90% of reps will do that. And the yeah. person will be like, no, they're like, okay, let's continue on. It's like, no, 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 no. You have an opportunity there to stop and be like, Love to understand your thoughts so far. Love to understand how this compares, this feature here compares to what you currently got. Or I know you said that our competitor gave you uh, a demo earlier on today. This one part here, we hear from our customers is such a differentiator. How does that compare to what you saw earlier today? Like ask those questions yeah. or get them visualizing it. Hey, based on the user group you were talking about, you thought could benefit from this was a sales organization. Do you think um, this feature right here would be something they, they would actually like now that you've seen it? Right, get them visualizing using it and because the idea is a, a lot of reps wait till the very end of the actual demo and then they're like so what do you think it's like yeah. no like that's great you're asking that but what we want to do is a mental checklist like literally every two or three minutes throughout the whole demo so in the end we know exactly what they like yeah. and didn't like and it's not a surprise to us and then we can uh, address them as we go let's not assume that if we do a 20 30 40 minute demo and wait till the end to say what did you think that they're going to remember all the things they liked and didn't like, and that they're going to tell you. So yeah. that would be my final, um, my final thing I'd like to, to say. And I guess, you know, in terms of your point earlier about replace, yeah, if there's anyone that any organization that is going um, where it, what we talked about describes them, right. Which is uh, they're not getting a chance to coach as much as they want. Replace is here to help. Okay. So how can they reach out to you? Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn anytime. So Dave Kennett, K-E-N-N-E-T-T. Uh, you can email me, Dave at replays.com, R-E-P-L-A-Y-Z.com. And uh, yeah, I, if you're listening to this, please, you know, uh, please hit me up on LinkedIn, even if it's just to build a connection. And uh, yeah. I, I always love, I always love talking shop. And, you know, more and more individuals have reached out saying, hey, Dave, I don't have a big budget. 
my, you know, I'm, uh, but I, I'd really be interested in some individual coaching. We've started doing that uh, for reps as well. And, um, and so that's another thing that folks want to re reach out. We, we can put a program in place for them. Okay. Okay, great. So I'll add all the links, you know, to the website, also to, uh, to the, your LinkedIn so people can connect you, uh, connect with you. But um, yeah, any final thoughts? No, I just love what you're doing, man. I think uh, it's so neat that you've got this podcast. I think it's, um, I, I think that um, our conversation, so for everyone listening, I mean, you and I had a conversation a week ago and we just talked mm -hmm. shop and it was yeah. fun. So, you know, yeah. I love the way you think about things. And I think there's a lot of value your listeners are, are getting from your experience and the other guests you're bringing on. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks man. a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for coming in and sharing all, all these insights. So we're super tactical, a lot of great things. So uh, you're welcome uh, to uh, any new episode whenever you want. Oh, thanks, man. Cheers. Much appreciated. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can go to b2bsalespodcast.com to subscribe to the newsletter. You will receive the episode in your mailbox every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And don't forget to follow the episode on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And finally, if you know someone who could like that episode, feel free to share it.